Welcome to the Life as a Coder podcast series, brought to you by your friends at Ozark Coding Alliance, LLC. Discussing your life as a medical coder, offering coding tips and advice for coding students and professionals. Join us every Monday. Hello, welcome to the Life as a Coder podcast series. My name is Jennifer McNamara, and today is Tuesday. February 23rd, 2021. We're joining you on a Tuesday, not our regular Monday, of course. Uh, I know many of you in the country have had so many issues with the weather. We had so much weather uh, the last week or so. Lots of snow, right? A lot of people out of power. A lot of people just struggling to get their daily routine started. So I myself, one of them being affected and um, not being able to uh, get get going and get my life in order when it comes to my podcasting and then being with y'all. So I'm here on a Tuesday. So it's Tuesday, February 23rd, 2021. Our topic today is documentation alert, time to sign. How many of us have ever thought about the implications of the signature on a medical record? Now, it is a legal document. We know this. It is a legal document. And uh, the credential behind the provider's name is also attesting to the fact, right, that they are qualified to see that patient, qualified to perform that procedure, qualified to document what they did. Uh, and so the signature, uh, what does it do? It attests to that fact. It shows their intentions, their thought process, uh, what is performed. And when they sign that, uh, that completes that uh, proof uh, that that's their intent, that's their proof they are qualified and legally, uh, of course, going to attest uh, to, to that fact. And of course, without that information, it's an incomplete draft. How many times have we seen the records we're downloading uh, to bill and it says incomplete or it says just that it's a draft, right? So we can't use that, can we? CMS requires the treating provider to sign the medical record in a timely basis, although that is not defined, uh, but many payer organizations and uh, regulatory uh, systems have their policies, right? We follow their policies. Our particular facility may have a policy as well. Now, um, some facilities may say, okay, our policy is we need these notes signed in 72 hours. Why is that? Well, a lot of facilities, they, they know uh, human nature, right? We forget, don't we? And so when it comes to uh, what we've seen a patient for, what we've documented, what we've, you know, maybe we're trying to remember if this is accurate, maybe we need to add something, take away something before we officially sign it. A lot of that can leave our brain or a lot of that can uh, be distorted over the over a week, two weeks, three weeks. So we wait too long, we're going to run the, the risk of, inaccurate documentation if we haven't finished our note. We can't confirm. We remember, of course, what we did, what we didn't do. And from a payer standpoint, now there are some organizations that have policies that say that uh, from the date this service takes place, you have to sign within 30, 60, 90, 365 days. Why so long? Well, of course, your, your facility may have a policy where you, you they want your provider to sign within 72 hours, but legally, these other organizations may have to have this done because of timely filing for payers. So some payers have 30, 60, 90, a year of timely filing. So if we don't have the note signed within that time frame and we bill it afterwards, we run the risk of having our claim denied, right? Not getting paid for that service. Uh, of course, it has to be legible as well. Uh, the treating provider has to attest legibly so we can verify that signature. 
Do we remember, some of you, uh, like myself, the days of the stamp, the days of the time stamp, the days of the physical signature stamp? And so when we had those stamps, we'd stamp the paper with the time or even with the signature. That was phased out, of course, effective December 31st, 2008. Uh, some EMR systems, uh, you know, may have that signature stamp that looks like the official one, and uh, those are approved. But again, what is those electronic signatures we have now? What are some of the things you look for? We look for authentication, like authenticated by, completed by, finalized by, validated by, attested by, and sealed by. Now, what do we do if we have a signature or credential missing? What does that do? It doesn't uh, make the diagnosis uh, invalid, but it does make the record invalid for auditing, for documentation, for submitting to the insurance. Uh, we understand that it doesn't change the fact the patient has that condition, but it doesn't become legally acceptable to be entered into a legal document, a legal form of getting paid, right, by the insurance company. So data service is another thing I want to talk about. Data service is so important because a doctor may come behind three, four days later and sign a note on March 5th, but the procedure or note was originally dictated or not dictated, I'm sorry, or was performed on the 3rd the first. So the date of service is not always going to be the same date that they sign. So there's there's ways, of course, in most EMR systems to attest to the fact, okay, this is the date of service. This is when it was actually performed by versus attested by versus signed by. And so we want to make sure we understand our documentation and how our system identifies um, the correct information. But best cases, um, best practices is to have that data service at the top of the note. If it's not legally, legibly there to verify, it becomes a compliance issue. It's one of the things that we look for, especially in risk adjustment. We look for these items, the signature. We look for, of course, an approved signature. We look for the data service. We look for the, the name of the patient, the date of birth, all of those things that attest legally that this is the correct patient, this is the correct data service, this is the correct provider and credentials that we're looking for. Now, if you add, um, when you're adding those missing signatures or credentials later to validate, to clarify this information, um, you may have to do um, an addendum, which uh, this includes information about what was done to the patient, test results, um, and these should also be within a reasonable time frame. Again, our, our systems in our hospital, we do 30 days as the, the limit for an addendum. Some do 60. It really just depends on the organization. Um, but again, make sure those changes are done within the time frame of your policy. Create a policy. Policies are so important because everyone needs to be following them. And if everybody follows the policy, then things work smoother and we all kind of are on the same page. And we know what is expected of us. Um, and any changes to a record that go beyond that time frame, they're difficult to justify, aren't they? They're difficult to understand uh, uh, the reasoning behind it. They're difficult to understand for everyone to follow that time frame. Uh, and of course, whatever method we're using, handwritten electronic signature, we just need to make sure that it is legible and approved, right? Approved authenticated signatures that are handwritten can be 
used as long as we can identify that signature. Initials um, of the treating provider are also acceptable as long as we can validate uh, that those have been authenticated and those belong to that provider. There has to be some way to authenticate a signature uh, without a name behind it or maybe initials. So just make sure we have uh, that validation. Now, the U.S. Code of Federal Regulations does cite the signature requirement as a condition for Medicare payment. So this is from them. If the plan of treatment is established by a physician, whether an MD or a DO, a nurse practitioner, which is an NP, a clinical nurse specialist, which is CNS, or a physician assistant, PA or PAC, the certification must be signed by that treating physician or non-physician practitioner. And that is from the Federal Register 2013. We need to make sure that we have those credentials. Uh, we need to know because if that provider is seeing the patient, they also have to sign. And if there are other providers who are monitoring them, supervising them, they also have to sign if it's required by that payer. So let's just keep in mind these tips, these uh things that we have to know to be compliant, right? Let's be compliant, let's be accurate, and let's make it legal with that signature. Time to sign. Let's tell our providers it's time to sign and explain to them too uh, the reasons behind it. Many providers maybe just uh, think we're just uh, a broken record, right? And they, But explain to them why. Explain how it affects their bottom dollar. If they're working for a private practice and then they own that practice, they are responsible for the uh, money that comes in and and they've hired us to make sure that happens and let's make sure it happens let's make sure that they get that reimbursement and explain to them that when we don't have signatures in a timely manner it affects when we can build a claim and if we can't build a claim in a timely manner as mentioned then we don't get paid and we get denied and we can't really have those appeal rights so let's make sure we explain to them you know tactfully uh, let them know that we're here to help them we're here to make sure they get paid and that everyone uh in the practice, all of everyone else's positions can be secure because we're getting the money in uh, to pay for these services. I want to thank you for joining me for this documentation update, time to sign. We'll be providing more documentation, uh, clarifications, documentation tips throughout the year. So we invite you to join us for those documentation updates as we go through those. Uh, and thank you for joining us for this podcast today. We'll ask you to join us next week for our next podcast, we're going to talk about career development. We look forward to uh, having you listen in. And we always uh, thank you for joining us for our podcast and supporting us here at Life as a Coder. Thanks so much for tuning in to this episode of the Life as a Coder podcast series brought to you by your friends at Ozark Coding Alliance, LLC. If you're enjoying the show, please feel free to rate, subscribe, and review wherever you listen to your podcasts. We really appreciate that effort. It helps us share the show with other coders, students, and professionals just like you. Come back every Monday for a new episode. We'll catch you then. Project Resume can make your medical coding dreams come true. From resumes to interview skills to navigating a successful career, Project Resume has the advice you need from coders you can trust. See all that we have to offer at projectresume.net. Be sure to reference this podcast when you place your order.